You know, as far as uh, the investment landscape, I haven't really changed my investment forecasts. Uh, The investment advice that I gave when I originally wrote Crash Proof is basically the same advice that I'm giving today, because the real economic crisis is in our future. It's not in our past. What's happened so far is that America's bubble economy has been pricked, and it pretty much was pricked in the manner that I said it would likely be pricked. But there's a lot of air still in the bubble, and my investment recommendations are designed to protect wealth and to profit once all the air is out of that bubble. And there's a lot more air still to come out. I think the only thing that has changed is in the original book, I had a chapter on liquidity because I acknowledged that when these problems came to the forefront, that we could see a sympathetic decline in foreign stocks along with the U.S. market. And I advise people to keep cash on the sidelines to take advantage of any buying opportunities that might develop uh, were that to be the case. And of course, that is exactly what happened. We did get a big sell-off in foreign stocks in sympathy with our own. Now that that's already happened, I don't think that we are as likely to see a repeat of those buying opportunities in the future. I think that trade has happened. So I am not recommending as much liquidity as I did then, because now I think that the the bigger reaction is going to be the collapse of the dollar. And in fact, if you look around the world and you look at the inflationary monetary policies, that are being pursued by our creditors. Inflation is not just happening in the United States. It's happening all around the world. It's happening in Europe. It's happening in Asia. All the world's central banks have got their interest rates much too low. Everybody is creating too much inflation. Fiat currencies around the world are going to lose value, although the dollar will likely lose a lot more value than most. So it seems to argue against liquidity and more for owning assets owning real things, owning precious metals, owning commodities, owning tangible companies with good balance sheets that pay good dividends, where the companies are located in countries outside the United States where the economic fundamentals are much better and the environment is much better and much more conducive to a company growing their earnings and paying big dividends. I'm very nervous about what's going to happen in the U.S. economy particularly for U.S. companies that might be subject to draconian taxes and regulations in the future as our economic recession that we're in uh, morphs into a depression, because that's what's going to happen. The U.S. government is in the process of turning this recession into a depression, just like the government did in the 1930s, only this time the U.S. economy is in fundamentally much worse shape than it was back then, And we're going to have an inflationary depression this time, maybe even hyperinflation, which is very different than what our grandparents experienced during the 1930s, where at least during the 1930s, Americans benefited from falling prices. Americans that were unemployed, at least it was cheaper to buy food. It was cheaper to do a lot of things. The people that did have jobs, they were in great shape because they still had their income, but their cost of living went down. Americans today are not going to be that fortunate. Prices are not going to fall. Prices are likely to go through the roof, which is going to make it very, very difficult for the unemployed and make it difficult for the people who are employed because more and more of their paychecks are going to go to the basic necessities of life, such as food and energy, and there's going to be very little left over for anything else. Of course, whatever you don't spend for food and energy will likely go for taxes, interest, and insurance. So our entire way of life is going to change. This is going to be a long-term depression. It's going to go on for years and years and years. And what's going to make it so difficult is, of course, what the government is doing. Every time the government stimulates the economy, they make the underlying problems worse. So every time they create a little bit of, of a boom, they lay the foundation for an even greater bust. 
The problem is going to be the booms are going to get smaller and shorter and the busts are going to get longer and deeper until ultimately we could end in, in hyperinflation where the dollar loses practically all of its value. And that, of course, is the, is the most disastrous outcome. But that is the course that we are on. If the government does not change, if we don't stop doing what we're doing, then that's where we're going to be. The only way we can avoid that outcome is for the government to reverse course and do the right thing, which is to dramatically increase interest rates, to contract the money supply, and let the chips fall where they may. Let companies go bankrupt and don't bail them out. Let investors lose money and don't make them whole. Let banks fail and let people lose money. That's what has to happen. If the government doesn't do that, then we will have hyperinflation. And the government has to come clean with the American public on entitlements, on the fact that it promised more money than it can pay. It probably has to come clean with our creditors because when interest rates start to rise, we're not going to be able to afford to make the payments on the national debt, especially since so much of our national debt is short term. So the U.S. government is going to have to have the integrity to actually restructure its debt, to actually call a meeting with its creditors and confess that we're broke and try to find a way to restructure our debt in a way that we can actually afford to make the payments without crippling the economy. The areas where the private sector has learned its lesson in mortgage lending, in lending uh, for automobiles, for credit cards and student loans, instead of allowing credit to contract in those areas, the government has picked up the slack. The government has said, well, if private enterprise is not going to make these stupid loans anymore, we'll do it. We'll make those stupid loans. And now you have the FHA making the equivalent of zero down mortgages with low teaser rates. People are buying homes with 3% down. And where are they getting the 3% down? From a tax credit from the U.S. government. In the cash for clunkers, we enable people to buy cars with zero down and cheap financing from the federal government which owns GMAC now. I mean, this is the exact opposite of what we should be doing. We're trying to come down. We were high on all this heroin, and we're trying to come down, and they're shooting us up with another dose because they don't want us to go through withdrawal. But if we don't go through this monetary withdrawal, then the economy is never going to get healthy. It's never going to get viable. They're creating a much, much bigger problem. And I don't think it's going to be too far in the future when we're going to feel the pain, when we're going to suffer these consequences. You know, if you look at what's happening with the dollar right now, if you look what's happening to the price of gold, a real crisis in the dollar may not be too far off. And the only way to brace yourself is to make sure that your your assets are, are invested outside the dollar, that you have real assets, that you're not holding a bunch of U.S. currency, that you don't have U.S. treasury, you don't have money in CDs or banks. You've got foreign currencies, you've got precious metals, you've got foreign assets, because otherwise you're going to lose a fortune. Because the cost of all these bailouts and all these stimuluses, and we're just begun, because the bailouts and the stimuluses are going to get bigger and bigger. Right, Because the more they bail out, the more they stimulate, the worse the problem gets. So now they got to stimulate and bail out some more. But ultimately, the true cost of all these bailouts is going to be borne by anybody foolish enough to still have their savings in U.S. dollars. Because it's the purchasing power of the dollar that's being robbed. That's what the government is spending. If you've got money in U.S. currency, if you've got money in U.S. assets, it's your purchasing power that's being stolen by the government and it's being used to prop up a phony economy. So if you don't want to get caught or get stuck with a bill for all this nonsense, then you need to get out of the dollar now. And of course, you know, I go around the world. I talk about with foreign governments who are buying our bonds, buying our treasuries, buying our, our mortgage-backed securities. And I tell them the best thing that they can do for America 
is to stop doing that. Stop lending us money. They're acting as our enablers. What are we doing with all the money that foreign governments are lending us? We're using it to expand our own government. We're using it to undermine our free market economy. We're using it to encourage more reckless consumption. We are undermining our economy with the money they loaned us. If they simply stopped loaning us, maybe we'd be confronted with reality and we'd make the right choices now. You know, that is the real big casualty of everything, is that the free market is getting the blame for a problem created by government. And the solution now is to grow government, to expand government, to move away from market-based allocations of resources so that decisions are not made by entrepreneurs seeking profits. They're made by politicians seeking votes. Uh, We're going to run a Soviet-style economy, a centrally planned economy, where our politicians think they know better because they think that Capitalism failed. They think that free markets failed. Nothing can be further from the truth. Whenever you have a mixture of government with free markets, it's toxic. Capitalism doesn't work when governments interfere with their natural forces. But of course, to get out of this problem, we need capitalism more than ever. You know, a lot of our congressmen and senators, when this crisis started to evolve, said that this was no time to stand on principle, that we had to act, that we had to bail out and prop up, that we couldn't just Uh, stand on our principles of free markets and the Constitution and capitalism. Well, you know what? In times of crisis, that's exactly when your principles mean the most. They mean nothing if you abandon your principles at the first sign of trouble. If we ever needed capitalism, it's now. Government doesn't work. It never works. It's not that socialism doesn't work when the economy is good, but socialism is great when you have a recession. It's not. Socialism helps turn a recession into a depression, and that's exactly what we're doing.